So welcome back to another episode of the iPhotography podcast. You've got Stephen here, one of the iPhotography tutors, and today we're going to talk about how to shoot for a project. Now, you may ask yourself, what is a project or what do we mean by a project? Now, this is kind of different from just taking a photograph, let's say. So a project is a more considered uh, expansion of one subject or maybe you know, a theme, let's say. Um, so you find a lot of university students, uh, individuals that are filling, finishing colleges when they've been doing photography courses, um, part of their major projects at the very end before graduating, maybe like it was in my instance, where you design yourself a, a topic or a theme or a, a situation or a story and you're kind of capturing a number of images it may be between five or ten images that that document that same subject with a bit of a consistent theme so whether it's focused on people or buildings or colors or as i said messages um, and it's ultimately to spread that story across multiple frames now what that does it gives the individual that kind of understanding that teaching the ability to be able to look at a, a, a message or as a subject or a color and interpret it in different ways. So it allows you that ability to start thinking kind of creatively when you're going out into the wider world, taking your camera out and whether you're still just doing it for pleasure or if you're actually going into photography as a business, it teaches you how to look at things differently as opposed to taking one image and one approach on one subject. This is maybe looking at it, say maybe five up to 10 different ways. So it teaches you that there are multiple ways of interpreting a story. So it can be very, very useful um, in terms of creative thinking. Now, if you want to have a, a little bit of a, a, a Google, really, a little bit of research into kind of other projects that some photographers done, there's a few that I found online that caught my attention. And uh, one of the first ones was from a photographer called Francois Brunel. Uh, now, what Francois had done is that he literally um, searched online, I think it was, and also approached people um, on the street that he found that had a resemblance to other strangers that he'd met. So he basically kind of got contacts and details from people that they weren't twins, they weren't related in any way, shape or form. They were just unrelated uh, twins, you could say, you know, people that looked exactly the same or near as much the same as each other, but had no family connections, no blood connections like that. And he put them together in a studio and was taking shots of them. And it was it was so unusual um, that the fact that they, they look so similar. They, they say everybody's got a doppelganger in the world, but this was actually finding your, your twin, even though you've never met them before. Um, and it taken a series of images with lots of different people like that. And again, it, it caused so much interest because of its uniqueness. Um, alongside that, I found another one called Richard Ranaldi. You can you can Google a lot of these people um, online and you can actually have a look at the pictures themselves. Um, and what Richard had done again in a similar kind of instance is he got strangers that they didn't look the same, they weren't again related, um, but he posed them the way that he actually approached their posing is that he put them in very intimate situations. So there was there was one, I think, where there was these two people sat across from a table and they were holding hands with each other. Um, again, I think the backstory to these images is that he'd never, the, 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 all the people had never met each other before. He literally kind of almost grabbed them off the street and said, you want to be part of a, a project? Sat them either side of a table, got them to look into each other's eyes and held hands. And it was just that capturing of that expression uh, is what the, the, the actual images were about, about how people were comfortable or even uncomfortable in that situation. Um, so that's that's kind of quite an interesting kind of way of approaching things, really. And there was also another one from a photographer called Anthea Pockroy. Um, and again, Anthea got a, a range of people who were all redheads. 
uh, and put them together. Well, actually, didn't put them together. Took took separate individual shots, almost like a passport shot, um, just to show similarities in terms of physical characteristics with freckles and a pale skin and also how the hair was different whether it was frizzy or straight and put them together as a collage so every single person looked very similar in terms of the expression but it was about their physical attributes they all shared a similarity um, and it was interesting to see how that um, that kind of evolution of redheads how it didn't change that much how there was a lot of similarities like I said with the freckles and the pale skin um, and then the eye colors etc so until you actually see that spread across numerous images you don't actually understand or appreciate the the, the kind of the evolutionary um, similarities that these people had actually because it's unusual to see a big block of blonde people or redheads or brunettes kind of next to each other so again it was putting together you know things that you see every day in life but actually kind of putting big blocks of them together which can makes it look a little bit unusual it's like a pattern in a way um, but a pattern with people it's very rare to see but if you want to have a look um for a little bit of inspiration i think those three photographers those three examples are kind of quite a good place to start now ultimately shooting for a project takes way more planning than a single a singular shot now you need to consider beforehand what your message is what you're trying to say about the story um, now you may be choosing a subject or a specific location so you're going to look at the iconic elements that make it distinctive now if you're photographing a building now this may be the shape or the, the texture any individual any specific colors or the actual size of it if you have a look online or how people have photographed you know a building previously so say for example it's like the empire state building so have a look online at what people have done previously and how you can go differently instead of actually getting on top and shooting down or being down on the street level and shooting up can you get into other buildings and, and from other viewpoints and shoot across it's thinking more creatively and as opposed to doing something that everybody else does really as opposed to being like a tourist and taking the same photograph you're there to try and look at all the different elements and how you can maybe shoot close up as well as full length shots as well because ultimately each image needs to stand alone as as well as be part of the project so it's not just relying on all the other images to tell the story of one other ultimately you've got to look at these five or ten images and and each one needs to be composed correctly it needs to be sharp it needs to be clear and needs to look good and then obviously it's just going to benefit the whole of the project overall so when it comes to camera settings with a project and ultimately the initial camera settings are going to be based upon the conditions and the the subject in front of you so you'll have to use your prior knowledge of photography to kind of help you out with that and this is where things like the iPhotography course would come in so useful so if you're not a member of the iPhotography course already definitely get online and have a look you can go on to www.iphotography.com and check that out there's an 18 module course which covers all things like camera basics gives you an understanding to aperture shutter speed uh, iso depth of field composition and then starts to give you a little bit more information about how you can compose your images and be a bit more creative with some camera techniques so if you're not into that already if you're not on a photography course that's one obviously we're always going to recommend so with camera settings, as I was saying, once you've got your subject set in front of you, the idea is ultimately to keep your camera settings as consistent as possible. If you're using a, a shallow depth of field on your in your first image, try and keep that the same throughout. So ultimately, when it comes to your images, uh, when you put them all together, there is a consistent theme. 
And that's the same to be said when it comes to editing as well. This is when Lightroom can be really, really useful. If you don't use it already, again, it's definitely worth using in these kind of images because if you edit one of your images and you get all the tones kind of quite nicely, providing you've shot your images all consistently, you can effectively batch apply that kind of editing that you've done in your first image to all the other ones in your set. So it means that ultimately all your photographs end up looking the same and it gives this idea of this project being a, a complete finished look. It gives that nice kind of polished look to all the images overall of everything It has a bit of a consistency throughout it. So you can do that simply by just editing one image and then once you're happy with it, if you then hold down control, I think it's control, maybe shift, and then you select all the other images that you want to be part of your project and then press the sync button on Lightroom, it applies all the adjustments, all the global adjustments that you've made across all the other images. If you've made any um, more local adjustments, if you've edited anything out specifically on one image, um, that won't be applied to all the others, but you can just go through each individual image and do the same if necessary. Now, when it comes to actually putting all the images together, you can do it in a number of different ways. It depends really where you're actually going to display these final images. Maybe it's online. And if it is, it, I would recommend to kind of keep all those images together all the time. Don't just post one of the photographs, say if it was going on Instagram or Facebook. Don't just part by kind of post one part of the story because it's effectively telling a story, but you're only giving one or two chapters away. I would post all the images together as a as a little set, whether it's an album or whether it's a, an actual collage of images that you can design online. That's really important to make sure the whole story stays together so your audience can effectively see what you're putting together and, and the, the message and the idea that you're trying to say. So try not to break it up ultimately, whether that's going into a book or an actual photo album or a, an online album otherwise. So those are my kind of ideas about how to approach taking a, a photography project as opposed to a, a snapshot or a single image. But it's really interesting to find out if you've ever done it previously. If you have, if you've got different methods, if you've got different ideas and approaches on how you do it, please get in touch and let us know. You'll find us all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram across all the social media platforms if you look for iPhotography you can get in touch and jump on iPhotography.com and obviously check out those courses that I was talking about before and it'd be lovely to hear from you so if you've enjoyed this podcast again it'd be lovely if you can follow and if you can then get to listen to all the other podcasts we've got coming up and all the other ones we've done previously if you've got any thoughts or ideas anything you'd like to get in touch with um, you can just drop us a message but in the meantime thank you very much for listening bye-bye now